0: I'll say it's quite nice to be back in a pulpit that's like uh high like this. I, I was uh brought up in the Methodist Church. I'm sure you'll forgive me for that. But <laughs> I've already in the Methodist Church and preached in the Message Church, where all the pulpits were high like this. So it's nice to be um f- feels nice to be here. And thank you again for inviting me. If you've got your Bibles, um uh, we're going to be looking at uh reading Ephesians chapter two and verses one to ten Ephesians chapter two verses one to ten. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised, raised us up together, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen. I have to say that's one of my um, favourite passages from the scripture. I sometimes wonder whether we should say we have favourite passages, but that is um, one of my favourite passages of scripture, which really does um, go through and make us give us an understanding of who we are, um, who we once were and who we are now. And that's what we're going to focus on this evening, on... Um really on two little words in that come in verse four. Two, two little words which mean so much, yet they look just two small words, but for us who believe on Christ Jesus for our salvation are two words which are so powerful, so profound. And those two words are, but God. And that's the part I love in this scripture, that but God two tiny words which are yet so powerful. I love those tiny little phrases like that in the scripture that really sum up and tell us so much about who God is and so much about who we are. When I read that and think about Book God, I often think about um, the two other words which are so powerful in scripture. When Jesus goes to the tomb of Lazarus and it says, Jesus wept. Again, two small words, but yet powerful words, reminding us when Jesus stood at the tomb of Lazarus, where his dead friend was, that as he faced and looked at that tomb, he was reminded at what sin does, that sin causes death. And that was never meant to be, it was never the intention when God created us, when God Created man; it was never the intention that death should be in the world, but death came about through sin, and so Jesus wept is a very powerful statement. Just as here, but God. Sometimes, as we uh, believers, we can sometimes think that the gospel message isn't for us. We know the gospel message; we understand the gospel message. We know what Christ has done for us, and. The gospel message is for some gospel service. But the gospel message is always for those who believe. It is the message by which we are able to come tonight and and the other occasions when we come before God and worship him. We worship him because of that gospel message, because of what Christ has done for us. We wouldn't be here in these seats. This church building wouldn't be here had people not understood the Gospel message had God had not touched people with the message of what salvation is. Churches like this and Jacksdale built on years of foundations of people who understood and listened to the Gospel message. and so it's important that we continue as believers to understand and listen to that Gospel message, and that gospel message is highlighted very much in this passage and in those two words, but God. Here we see throughout this passage, and that's why I've chosen particularly that last song, Amazing Grace, we see the grace of God, that unmerited goodness and favour that God shows towards mankind, that God shows towards his people, that grace and unmerited goodness and favour that not one of us deserve, but yet God in his kindness, that but God in his grace and mercy, called us out of darkness and showed us the light, and showed us that salvation is indeed in Christ Jesus. But to fully understand that book, God, Paul in this passage has to go through and remind us who we were. And it's not comfortable reading when he points out who we once were before that book, God. See, in verses 1 through to 3, Paul points out quite Vividly, he doesn't hold any punches, he doesn't hold back, he doesn't um, sweeten it in any way. He tells us exactly and reminds us, the, the readers, exactly who we were. It says that he made us alive, who we were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. So before we get to those two wonderful great words, Paul has to remind us again who we were. And like I say, that's not comfortable reading because we all know ourselves. We all know our pasts. We all know those sins that are uh, that sort of person we were before Christ touched us. We all knew how we once walked in the fashion of this world, how this world once the lights dazzled before us and we were uh, impressed by them. Not, not impressive, uh, not nice reading. Whenever we read that, we can all imagine the thoughts of our minds and some of the things and think, if only such and such knew that, if only they knew what sort of person I was. Even when we, the times when God didn't matter in our lives, might not necessarily have been that we led a massive sinful life, that we was the Worst chief of sinners, as Paul puts it, but that we just had no desire for God. And having no desire for God means that like the rest, we hated God. When we have no desire for him, we hated him. And we lived our lives with no regard for him. We considered our own successes, our success, that, um, that qualification we got, that great job we got, that new car we got, that whatever it is was all down to our own doing not God. We had no desire for him. And that's what Paul reminds us. We had no desire for God. We once walked like the rest of mankind. Those people who we pray for, those who were prayed for this evening, those who we evangelised to, Paul reminds us we were once one of them. And sometimes that's quite a, a hard pill to swallow. But one time we needed that evangelism. We needed someone to tell us of Christ and to point us into the way. People often say in um, in worldly terms, in a, on a human level, we've all heard it. Don't don't uh, don't forget your roots, and that's true of Christianity. We don't forget our roots. We don't forget who we once were. And indeed, how can we? Because we all know what kind of person we are. And the reason we worship Christ is because we know what we once were, we knew the sort of person we were, we knew the sort of sins that were besetting to us. And so so we gladly come and sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. We can sing that because we knew. And that's why those two words that come next are so sweet, so powerful, so wonderful, so lovely, but God. Because we were once like the others. We were once like following the thoughts and the uh, lusts and the passions of the world. We were once people who had no regard for God. We were once people who had no regard for Christ and his salvation. We were once people who lived our lives for ourselves. But then those two wonderful words, but God. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love, which he loved us, even, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By the grace, by grace, you have been saved. See, in verses 1 to 3, we see our true state. We see what we were worthy of. We were worthy of death. We were worthy of that punishment where Paul says the wages of sin is death. That was what was due us and that was what we were worthy of. We were worthy and just for God to condemn us. That was our state. But God, God had different plans. Thank God that God had different plans. But God, it says, rich in mercy. Rich in mercy. That again, that unmerited goodness. He was rich in unmerited goodness and favor. He showed towards us, his people. He was rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins. He made us, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, we have been saved. This is the gospel message again, right there for us. And, and, and the reason that we come and we praise and we give worship and we give God all the glory. You see, it tells us quite clearly that God loved us before we ever even thought or had any imaginings of love towards him. He first loved us. We didn't do and couldn't do anything to earn our salvation, to earn God's love, to earn that grace and that goodness and that favour upon our lives. But it was God who is rich in mercy because of his great love towards us. I don't know about you, but I've never seen a dead person able to do anything for themselves. That was our state before the book, God, we were dead. We were dead in our own trespasses and sins. We were dead. To the things of Christ, who are dead to the things of God, who are dead to spiritual things. But we have a God who is rich in mercy, who was willing to shower upon us his unmerited goodness and favor, his grace and his mercy. That while, while we were yet still sinners, while we were still loving and enjoying our sin, while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. Do we fully grasp that? I don't think we do. I think we see in part, as Paul says, we see in part now that wonderful, glorious grace that God has showered upon us. But I don't think we'll ever, full, we ever fully grasp that, this side of heaven, that, fully that grace and mercy on, on God choosing us and bestowing upon us that gift of salvation. But what we can say is thank God he did. Thank God that he came into our lives and he, not us, he showed us the way. It was that book guard. That's why those two words are extremely important. You see, we can strive all our lives to try and earn God's grace and God's favour. And people do. People still today try and strive to earn God's goodness, and not just in other religions. There are other religions who is based on good works. So the more good works you get, you go to heaven. Some say you get your own little place in heaven, by good works, even in Christianity, or you know, in forms of beliefs in Christianity, should I say. Have that system of belief that good works, we can earn our way, Into God's favour, we can earn our way into a place in heaven. That's never going to happen because the scripture tells us here it's but God. And if we judge ourselves, and if it was if getting into heaven, if earning God's grace and God's favour and mercy is dependent on our good works, then I don't know about you, but I only have to assess and think of my own life and think I'd never get there. Because my own good works would never be good enough. I could never do enough. And that's why God has granted his grace and his mercy upon us, because we could never do it by ourselves. Because the scripture says, and again, it's hard sometimes for us to read. The scripture tells us that we're born in sin, out of our out of our mother's womb, we're born in sin in a sinful state, that our hearts are deceitfully wicked, that our, our righteousness is as filthy rags. We could go on and make ourselves feel even more miserable. But we don't need to, do we? Because the scripture says, but God, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love towards us, he granted upon us his grace and mercy and made us alive together. With Christ, so we're no longer dead in trespasses and sins, but we're alive in Christ, and that is worth all the praise, all the glory. Again, do we fully understand it? Perhaps not. Will we understand it this side of heaven? Perhaps not, because we know even now, even though we stand in this state of being made alive in Christ, knowing that God has saved us, knowing that He has granted us. His grace and mercy. We still stand in a sinful state. We'll probably do something tomorrow that doesn't please God, that is sinful. But we know that we have a God who is rich in mercy. And when we come to him in forgiveness, he forgives and grants us grace and mercy. That's the wonderful God in which we we serve. That's the wonderful God in which has saved us and set us alive in Christ. If everything else is collapsing around us, If Storm Eunice does its worst and everything collapses around us, we're safe in the knowledge that Christ has saved us and that we are his and that we are alive in him. Amen. We praise God. And that's the good news that we are desperate to tell those in Christ and in Jacksdale. That's the good news that we have to share. And we know that God will save and continues to save and his faithful people proclaim this good news, this gospel. Not another gospel, but the gospel of Christ. And when we do that in faith, we, we may be small in number tonight. We may be small in number at the evening service and in Jacksdale. But as, as, as I said to Andrew and I think to Alan in the back, it's not about numbers. It's about our faithfulness. It's about being faithful to that which God has given to us and believing and knowing that he will add and he will prosper. Not so that our church's seats can be filled and the the money can be rolling in, but the church can be filled with people praising God for that salvation. that They will be able to say, I was blind, but now I see. They will be able to say, but God, who is rich in mercy, he has opened my eyes. That while I was dead in trespasses and sins, he granted his grace and mercy. Wouldn't it be great to see that happen in Christ in Jacksdale? People praising God for those two words, but God. And when we become alive in Christ and when we sometimes, that's why we need to hear this gospel over and over again, because it reinvigorates us, it re-excites us, if you like, to, to proclaim this wonderful gospel to our friends and families, to our villagers, to our work colleagues, to whoever God may place upon our path. And the outcome of this great goodness that God has for us. The remaining verses. He says, he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace, his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any one should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that excuse me, that we should walk in them. There's a sermon on every verse there. We just have a brief time together just to look at these things. But in those last few verses that follow, up until that book God, it's a pretty grim picture as we're reminded who we once were. But the remaining of those verses, what a wonderful picture, what a wonderful reminder it is of what God has done for us and the many, many blessings which he showers upon those whom he calls his children. Paul also says that Christ has blessed us with every blessing, with every spiritual blessing that we could ever imagine. This is the outcome. This is the blessing of salvation. We don't, doesn't matter whether we're rich or poor. Doesn't matter whether we have a big house or a small house, whether we drive an old car or a new car. Doesn't matter. What matters is that it is by grace that we are saved. What matters is that book guard. And it's great when we are together with like-minded people who have been touched by that, book, God, who understand what it means, those two small words, but God. And it's those things, as we see the blessing of salvation, as we see what God, just in these few verses under the Bible, the scriptures are full of the grace and mercy of God, full of what God has done for us, full of what Christ has done for us, full of the uh, blessings and promises of Christ. But in these just these few verses alone, we see this wonderful gift of salvation. That there's nothing in our hands that we could possibly bring. That we were once dead and afar off. We were once people who neither knew God nor wanted to know. But yet here tonight we come to that reminder again, the gospel in two words, but God. It all depended and rested on God, who in his grace and his mercy sent his only Son, that whosoever should believe on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the but God. And I thank God that I've been able to be here tonight and share in this praise and this worship and lifting up that book God, and thanking him for all that he has done in bringing us this gift of salvation. Amen.